Today, on the 15th Sunday of St. Luke, the Church puts before us the person of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, who was, of course, a much hated figure in his day. Zacchaeus was a Jew living in Israel amongst other Jews. Israel was under the control of the Romans at the time. And Zacchaeus had a very difficult job. He was a tax collector for the Romans amongst his own people. He was hated not only because he was a tax collector, but also because he was collecting taxes for the enemy. Tax collectors in his day were very rich. And it's because if he was supposed to collect $1,000 from each family, he could collect whatever he wanted, usually twice or three times more. He would give, they would give to the Romans their desired amount, and they would keep the rest for themselves. A polarizing figure, a much hated figure, and yet something changes within him. This is the part that should give us a lot of hope. No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter how low we have fallen, there is always hope for repentance and for change. And he hears that Christ is entering Jericho. There's some beautiful symbolism. Jericho is an oasis in the middle of the desert. Those of you that have been with us to the Holy Lands have visited Jericho. It is in the midst of the lowest point in the world. When you leave Jerusalem, it's only an hour, hour and a half from Jerusalem, but there's always a 30 degree Fahrenheit change in temperature. It gets much, much warmer because the lower you go, the warmer it gets. It's very sunny. It's in the middle of the desert. And yet there is water in Jericho, and that's why it is an, it is an oasis. There are green trees and flowers, and it's beautiful. And here Zacchaeus is wait, hears that Christ is coming, and he wants to see him. This is perhaps the first step in change, in repentance. We have to want to see him. We have to want to get to know him. We have to want to be like him. And Zacchaeus, it says, runs ahead, and it says he was short in stature. And so he climbed the tree, the sycamore tree, Isikomorea, in order to be able to see Christ. Of course, the saints of the church tell us that this is somewhat of a metaphor. Perhaps he indeed was short, but they weren't only talking about the shortness of his physical size, but also what he lacked in spirituality, in kindness, in love, in, the, in his soul, he was short. And because he recognized his shortness or shortcomings, he climbed the tree in order to see Christ. And we know, I think we know the rest of the story, that Christ sees him in the tree and he says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. For this day I must come to your home. And he went to his home. 
And at the end of the story, it says, Christ says, salvation has come to this house, meaning Zacchaeus was saved. The Jews, the people that were the churchgoers, the temple-goers, the ones that were like us in church on Sundays, they knew the Scriptures, they were the ones that tended to go to church more than the others, temple, not church, they saw him going to speaking to Zacchaeus and going to his house, and one would think that they would be happy that Christ was speaking to Zacchaeus. Hopefully, he could help him and change him and save him. But sometimes we don't get happy when we see the priest speaking to people that we know are sinners. We become the judge. And the Jews said, why is Christ speaking to that sinner? Why is he speaking to Zacchaeus, the tax collector? And in the end of the story, Zacchaeus, the sinner, indeed he was a sinner, he was a thief, he would trick people into giving more money than they had to. But in the end of the story, the people sitting in the pews in the temple ended up being the judges and the sinners. And Zacchaeus was saved. And this is why we say that sometimes we have to be careful that those of us that come to church and know the Gospels and we know the hymns and we know the icons, if we're not careful, we will be condemned and the people that aren't in church that don't know the Gospels and don't know the hymns and don't know the icons, but they're not judging and they're giving love that they'll be saved before us. This is what happens in the Gospels with the Pharisees. Θα ήθελα πολύ απλά να θυμηθούμε λίγο ότι στην Ευαγγελική περικοπή σήμερα την Κυριακή του Ζακαίου ο Ζακαίος ήταν ένας αμαρτωλός τελώνης. Ένας κλέφτης. Έπαιρνε δύο και τρεις φορές παραπάνω φόρο από ό,τι έπρεπε. Όμως, κάτι μέσα του τον έκανε να θέλει να δει τον Θεό, τον Χριστό. Έτρεξε και ανέβηκε σε σηκωμορέα, στο δέντρο. Και ο Χριστός τον είδε, τον κάλεσε με το όνομά του, Ζακέες πέφσε κατάβηθη, σήμερα λέει θα έλθω στο σπίτι σου. Και στο τέλος είπε σωτηρία, η σωτηρία ήλθε στον οίκο αυτό, δηλαδή σώθηκε. Ο Ζακαίος. Μετανόησε ο Ζακαίος. Και ο Ζακαίος όχι μόνο μετανόησε, αλλά ο Ζακαίος έγινε Απόστολος. Ταξίδευε με τον Απόστολο Πέτρο και έγινε Επίσκοπος. Από τους πρώτους Επισκόπους της Εκκλησίας στην Κεσαρία της Παλαιστίνης. Σώθηκε. Στην Εκκλησία είναι Άγιος ο Ζακαίος. Υπάρχουν αγιογραφίες με τον Στεφάνη των Αγίων και οι Εβραίοι οι οποίοι ήταν οι Φαρισαίοι που πήγανε στην συναγωγή είδαν ότι μιλούσε ο Χριστός με τον Τζανκαίο και αντί να χαρούνε μερικές φορές το έχουμε και εμείς αυτό αντί να χαρούνε ότι ο Χριστός προσπάθουσε να βοηθήσει έναν κακομύρι τον Τζανκαίο έναν αμαρτωλό κλέφτη και να τον βοηθήσει να μετανοήσει είδαν και τι είπαν Αχ, ο Χριστός μιλάει σαν μαρτωλό. Πολλές φορές το έχουμε και αυτό εμείς. 
Λέμε γιατί ο ιερέα μιλάει με αυτή, αυτή είναι κοτσομπόλα. Αυτό είναι κλέφτη. Αυτή είναι έτσι, αυτό είναι έτσι. Επενθυμίζω ότι η Εκκλησία δεν είναι για του Αγίου. Η Εκκλησία είναι για του Αμαρτωλού. Εμεί που είμαστε εδώ, δεν είμαστε εδώ επειδή είμαστε Άγιοι. Η Εκκλησία είναι πνευματικό νοσοκομείο για τους αρρώστους. Όλοι εμείς δεν είμαστε τέλειοι. Όποιος είναι τέλειος, ας κάτσει σπιτάκι του. Θα πάει στο παράδεισο. Δεν χρειάζεται να έρχεται ούτε να κοινωνεί, ούτε να προσεύχεται. Εμείς έχουμε ανάγκη όμως, διότι δεν είμαστε τέλειοι. Έχουμε προβλήματα, πονάμε, έχουμε περνάμε βάσανα, έχουμε αμαρτίες, έχουμε τύψεις κτλ. Να θυμόμαστε τον Ζακαίο, ο οποίος άλλαξε, όχι μόνο σώθηκε, αλλά μπήκε και στην κατάξη των Αγίων της Εκκλησίας. Και να θυμόμαστε να μην γινόμαστε σαν τους Φαρισαίους. Να ψάχνουμε τα δικά μας προβλήματα και να μην ψάχνουμε να βρούμε τα προβλήματα, τι πρόβλημα έχει ο κάθε άλλος. Πολύ καλά θα κάνουμε να δείχνουμε αγάπη και να μην γινόμαστε κριτές. We will be much happier if we are not the judges of the world. Search our own problems. Fix your own problems and don't worry about who has what problem and what sin. As I said in Greek, the church forever, theologically, is considered a hospital, a place where people that have spiritual problems come and pray and gather and receive the sacraments. If we're perfect, we don't need the church. If we're perfect, We are already saved. We'll already go to heaven. We don't need any of this. If we are imperfect, we're in the right place. May God grant us the ability, just like Zacchaeus, to want to see Christ, to meet him, and to have salvation come into our homes. Some time ago, we started pointing out a few things, almost like a little Sunday school reminder. We all can use that, right? So one of the things that we pointed out a few weeks ago, and this is a little, just a little reminder, is that when we do our cross, we, it's a prayer. Okay? I remember I was watching uh, last week the funeral of the last king of Greece. I don't know if any of you saw it. Did you see how carefully the kids and the grandkids crossed themselves? They were very, very careful, if you look. They touched their forehead nice and slow, their stomach, they bowed their head. Sometimes, because we get lackadaisical, when we do our cross, it looks like we're playing the buzuki. We do this. But that's not a proper cross. That's not anything. I don't know what that is. But it's because we lose focus. We're not paying attention. When we do our cross, we pray that God watches over our mind, our heart, and our soul, and our strength. And it's a prayer, you're blessing yourself. When we do this, we're not So that's that's one. So let's let's try to be very careful when we do our cross, that we're focused on what we're actually doing and we're making a cross. The second thing is 
We talked about, obviously we know as we said, that it's, it's nice to be in church. And we do our best to come as often as we can. You know, we're looking in the, uh, the, can the book of canons, the pidalion, the rudder, and it says that if an Orthodox Christian misses three Sundays in a row, do you know what happens? They are excommunicated. If we follow the letter of the law, if we follow the letter of the law, the canons, the way that they are written, three Sundays in a row, you are no longer an Orthodox Christian. Did you know that? It's freaky, right? It's, when I read it, it kind of shocked me. I knew about it, but I hadn't seen it in a long time. So I'm not telling you that to make you feel bad. I'm telling you that to give you perspective. And there's a reason that the canon exists. And it's because the church knows that when we miss five, six, seven, ten Sundays, we, COVID, for example, people that were in church every single Sunday, they fell out of practice of going to church during COVID. They never came back. They still believe in God. They still, you know, fast at home. They still pray. They're out of the practice of getting up on Sunday and coming to church. But three Sundays of not being in church, in Byzantium, we would be excommunicated. Maybe even 100 years ago in Greece, we would be excommunicated. And something else, another canon. If we come to church and we get to church after the beginning of liturgy, according to the canons, we are not allowed to receive communion. Did you know that? We're going to learn a lot together. Again, I'm not telling you this to make you, anyone feel bad, but just to give perspective. And because if church is important, if liturgy is important, if communion is important, we invest time, just like we do with other things that are important to us. And the last two things are easy. The pistevo and the paterimon, the creed and the Lord's Prayer, are intended for us to express aloud not just the psalti, but all of us. And it's important, and I'll explain to you next Sunday why it's important. And finally, the, the new lesson, because the other ones we've already said before, is andidero. When we receive andidero, because the bread is blessed during the liturgy in a specific way over the altar, andidero is not intended to be scorpismeno on the floor. Andidero, it's not communion, but it's blessed. That's why... In the monasteries in Greece, were the, were the piece of Adidro really big or really small? Do you remember? Small, really small. Do you know why? It's not intended to be bitten. It's intended to be eaten in one, one piece. So we're going to try today to focus on the new lesson, which is Adidro. You receive it in both hands. You try to eat it carefully so that it all goes in our mouth and it won't be all over the floor because it's blessed when something is blessed, to be all over the floor. It's not nice for any of our food to be on the floor, right? Even at home, we don't sprinkle our food around the floor. Prosejume. Acoma presotero, afto puechi evlogithito adidero. Kalidinami, kalisinechia, we welcome all of you. We love having you with us. We welcome all those who had memorials today and are remembering those who have fallen asleep. We pray that God grants them eternal rest. We welcome you and we ask you to join us next door in the community um, center for Kerasma and Philoxenia. Kalisinechia, this week on Wednesday, Echume Thea Liturgia is Nimin to Agiu Grigoriu to Theologu. This Wednesday we have liturgy for St. Gregory the Theologian. 
Finally, you'll see those of you that weren't here last week, you'll see that the altar is open again. We're back in the altar. The floors are done, even though they're covered, you can't see them. They're covered for protection. The wall behind us is white, it's no longer blue. The iconography is going to go up on the wall soon. The new altar table is going to go in. If you, when you come up to the front, if you look back, you'll see that we're nearing the end of the work in the, in the balcony, except when you have a building built in 1886 and you open up the walls, sometimes you find things that you didn't know needed to be fixed. So we found, you'll see the brick that's exposed, the old brick in the back corner, and that is what is basically the bell tower, even though there are no bells in it. And we accidentally found, when we opened up the wall, we weren't doing anything to the bell tower, but we found that the bell tower structurally was not in good shape. And so we're a little delayed, but we're going to make it right. And we're nearing the end of fixing this building from the foundation to the roof and everything in between, which is a big deal over the last four or five years. If you'd like to see the work in the altar, you're welcome to. Just speak to one of us and we'll let you come in. If you'd like to assist in some way, please do so. We have done no fundraisers for all of this work. The only thing that we've done is the annual um, fundraiser, the smoker. We take that, we've taken that money, we've put it towards the 100th anniversary and the consecration and all the work. There are some tickets available. The event is coming up. Please see one of the ushers if you'd like to purchase a ticket. Kali sinechia, kali dinamika.